stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. For me it was in the garden, He prayed not my will but thine. He had no tears for his own griefs, but sweat drops of blood for mine. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And my sorrows, he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. When he ransomed in glory, his face I at last shall see. Twill be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. Marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. How marvelous, oh how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. A twist on that hymn, wasn't it? And uh, good to see you here this morning. Let me welcome you to Faith Family Fellowship. Uh, those of you that are also worshiping with us online, we're glad to have you. Uh, it, there is a communication uh, uh, card in front of you. If you are not a member, not a regular attender of Faith Family, and uh, if you don't mind, fill that out. 
And then when you leave, if you'd put in the offering plate, we would appreciate it. Just give us an opportunity to say thank you for being here today and, and uh, maybe make a contact with you as well. Uh, I do want to uh, announce to you, I know church members received an email that Miss Donna Roberts uh, went home to be with the Lord yesterday. Uh, she had had cancer uh, that had severely ravaged her, and uh, it was a blessing that she has gone to be with the Lord. And uh, so I want to be in prayer for her sister and family. Uh, her desire was to uh, be, uh, have a burial service in uh, Dothan, uh, but the family's going to try to work on having a memorial service here uh, for those of us who know Miss Donna. And she used to sit right back there on the back row. And uh, uh, just lovely lady, uh, sweet and kind. And so we are going to miss uh, her until we get together again in heaven. Amen? All right. Uh, do want to have uh, a time with you over our new scripture that we'll be learning in the month of November. Uh, it is in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, and uh, it is Psalm 135, verses 5 and 6. And so, uh, let me, it's not all up there, uh, let me read it slowly, and uh, you do your best to follow along with, well, I'll just read it out loud for you, okay? It says, For I know that the Lord is great, and that our God is above all gods. And whatever the Lord pleases, he does. You need to kind of pause there, okay? So whatever he pleases, he does. In heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. Psalm 135, verses 5 and 6. So uh, if you'll uh, make a note of that. Y'all have the whole thing up there, don't you? Okay, it's just that screen. I'm sorry looking at the wrong screen then. So why don't you repeat it with me then. Uh, For I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. Psalm 135, 5 and 6. Now, today is normally uh, Stand Sunday, sometimes Orphan Sunday, it's been called. Uh, we will be actually observing that next Sunday because of uh, Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child. However, tonight I will be preaching about adoption. So, kiddos, you guys come. I hope we have some adopted children that are here tonight and uh, our foster children. And we're going to talk about the, how the Scripture uh, calls us adopted and what it, what it really means and conveys. So I hope you come back tonight and be a part of that. Uh, also, uh, there is a Send Relief catalog uh, back on the tables back there. Where, uh, and uh, it is through the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board. And it's a way that you can also do something at Christmas that is very tangible. Uh, it, in other words, you can give the money for a, a, a laying hen for a family or 
a lamb or a goat or uh, now some of you who are goats don't get nervous and think we're going to sell you off okay there's no goats in our church right nah. uh, I don't know why I'm trying to be funny this morning I shouldn't <laughs> but uh, you can do that through sin relief I'm embarrassed that I even said that okay um, also want to uh, remind you that we have our state convention coming up. It's in uh, Huntsville, and it is November 15th and 16th. If you desire to be a messenger and represent our church, uh, you need to let us know so we can approve that for you. Uh, also uh, remind you that we have a, a finance uh, uh, assistant position that will be opening uh, Hannah uh, is retiring at the end of December. <laughs> and thank you. You're too young to retire, but uh, we're going to let you anyway. Uh, and then uh, we have an outreach uh, this month that will be to uh, the facility in Montrose. That's a rehab and nursing home facility. And we're going to be taking cards as well as... Uh, uh, little packages with them and we'll share more with you about it but wanted to, you to note about the cards so if you want to make those at home and bring them with you uh, you can come and do that and we appreciate it very much alright uh, I, I don't know if everybody has brought your shoebox down if you haven't if you would at this time come if you want to come physically and kneel in prayer as we pray over these you may have done like Janet and I and uh, been lazy and taken advantage of the online giving uh, for Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child uh, but we want to pray over these and pray for the missionaries and the people who will be actually taking them with the gospel message so uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. And Heavenly Father, your word says to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And Lord, uh, we know that it would be impossible for our local congregation to literally go to every nation. And yet, Lord, we can participate in many activities that help us to accomplish that and and Lord Operation Christmas Child is a way to do that and these are simple gifts they're just small uh, gift boxes that missionaries and pastors and church leaders uh, indigenous believers will have the opportunity to get into a home to talk to a child and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And so, Father, we want to set these apart. And we want to pray that you would use them for your glory. And know that they're just simply tools. And Just as you gave fish out and you gave bread to take care of a physical need. In order that it might know that the great need is Jesus Christ. And so... We do pray that you would help the witnesses to be careful to share the clarity of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And we would pray that your word would be fulfilled, that it would not return to you empty, but it will accomplish that to which you have sent it. 
All for the glory of Jesus Christ. And in His name we pray. Amen. All right. If you'd stand with me and let's continue to worship through song. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone. Christ alone, what is our only confidence? That our souls to Him belong, who holds our days within His hands. What comes apart from His command, and what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. In O sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. O sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess. Christ, our hope in life and death. What truth can calm the troubled soul? God is good. God is good. Where is His grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's blood who holds our faith when fears arise, who stands above the stormy tribes, who sends the waves that bring the night unto the shore, the rock of Christ. No, sing hallelujah, and our hope springs eternal. He lives, Christ He lives, and what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with Him, and we will rise to meet the Lord. Then sin and death will be destroyed, and we will feast in endless joy.
fixed our hope in life and
draw us to you. God, that you call us by name. Lord, thank you for the sacrifice. Lord, for sending your son to die on the cross for us, to take our sin, to bear our burden, to pay our debt. Lord, for a love that is never ending, that is unconditional. Lord, for forgiveness, for mercy, for grace. Thank you. Father, thank you that you can be our hope in life and in death. God, that we can cling to the rock as the waves toss us to it. Lord, thank you. God, I pray for Pastor Joel as he brings the word, that you will give us ears to hear, God, and hearts to understand that we will leave this building better equipped to be your church. Father, we love you and we praise you. See your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Alex, and our worship team for leading us uh, this morning. And a very appropriate song because uh, that's what we're going to be doing this morning is uh, we're going to be giving thanks to God. That's what we're going to be talking about all week. I mean, all month, rather. And uh, be looking at uh, different uh, ideas and concepts of how we're to thank God and what we're to thank Him for. And today we're going to be talking about thanking God for saving a group of people, His people, saving us, saving uh, the redeemed of the Lord. And uh, I'm going to be uh, using uh, the books of First and Second Thessalonians this morning. Uh, so uh, I hope you brought your lunch with you. If we're going to go through two books of the Bible, it's going to take a while. I'm just kidding. But we're going to look at some Thanksgiving verses that Paul shared with this particular church. And uh, it's really exciting uh, to see what uh, the Lord has to say about giving thanks for God's saved and redeemed people. Uh, I do want to say thank you to those of you who are veterans. I know that Veterans Day is this week, and uh, I know uh, you have served, and uh, we are grateful as a people for the way that you have served us and have served your nation uh, in behalf of a righteous cause. And so uh, we give thanks uh, for your service, and uh, we appreciate it. I do want to ask you now if you would uh, look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 2 through 7 where the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Thessaloniki uh, is the way it, I think it's said today. Uh, he says, we give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayer, prayers, remembering you before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. 
You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction, and you did it with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers, both in Macedonia and in Achaia. And uh, those were the two regions of, of modern-day Greece and which uh, Thessalonica had an influence over. And so uh, let's ask the Lord to help us to understand what He's uh, wanting us to give thanks for from His Word today. And Father, again, we pray that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide us, give us ears to hear uh, what your spirit has to say to your church through this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, thanks, giving of thanks is a great attitude to have. Amen? I mean, it, it is. And it's something you and I have to cultivate. Uh, I was walking through uh, uh, the back of the uh, worship center uh, at uh, the first part of Sunday school this morning and uh, was talking to a couple of church members and uh, found myself doing a little murmuring and grumbling. And I'm preaching on giving thanks today. And it just hit me how easy it is to get off task and to look at the, the bad things instead of looking at the grace that is ours through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so God... It, reminds us to give thanks in everything for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And that's hard to do. It's a command. And there are times when things are difficult and uh, we have to purpose to trust in the Lord and give thanks to Him. We have a psalm uh, uh, that all about giving thanks. Psalm 100. Uh, some of you probably have put it to memory at some point in your life, but it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. And know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And here's the command enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and it says it again be thankful unto him and bless his name why for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations it was uh a lady that some of you know her name, others of you need to learn her name, who was uh, captured during uh, World War, or previous to World War II. Uh, her name is Corrie Ten Boom. Uh, her family uh, were, they were arrested because they were hiding uh, Jews. Uh, they were believers in Christ and they were hiding Jews to protect them from protect them uh, from uh, the Nazis and uh, you'll remember Corey was arrested she and her sister and uh, they were carried into a concentration camp 
And she made this statement about giving thanks. And I think it's significant for you to kind of see it and know the context in which she says it. She says, I give thanks to God because I have held many things in my hands and I have lost them all. Everything that she had ever owned was taken away from her. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Oh, that we could have that attitude. Oh, that we could hold loosely to the things of this world and tightly to the things that are eternal. And I realize as you get older, like me, uh, you, you start looking to heaven more than I did when I was in my 20s or my teens, you know. When, when you're young, you're, you're looking to career, you're looking to uh, family, you're, you're looking to a future that is for you. And it's really, really easy to get caught up. But you know what? When you're old, you're not immune to the same kind of things. We still hold tightly to stuff. And uh, God is calling us here to give thanks for the things that are eternal. And when you think about what is eternal, what is eternal? The only things that you and I know that are eternal in this life are the Word of God and the souls of people. The Word of God, it stands forever. And people will spend an eternity in one place or another based on whether or not they've been born again of the Spirit of God and Jesus is Savior and Lord. So as we give thanks, we're reminded in Revelation 5-9 that they sang a new song and they said, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransom people. We give thanks to God because He ransoms people for God from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. Uh, and so uh, the question I want to ask this morning and hopefully answer is, what was Paul giving thanks for in regard to the people at Thessalonica? And by the way, I, I kind of had to, uh, I received a, uh, an email a week and a half ago uh, from a missionary who goes to Thessaloniki, okay, and uh, got his report of what God's doing through the church at Thessalonica. I don't know, I don't know if that, that uh, catches you, but hey, do you ever wonder where the church at Pergamum is, or Sardis, or Laodicea, or, you know, do they even exist anymore? And so when I got his email, I knew I was going to be preaching on this, and I, I got to looking. I went to websites and started looking at churches, evangelical churches and evangelical ministries uh, that are currently working in Greece, and I was excited. I was encouraged, and you remember we read at the end of this text, it, it, this church was encouraging everyone in uh, Achaia and Macedonia. Well, guess what? They, they're encouraging people in Spanish Ford as well, even to this day. And uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, so you and I need to see that God, we need to give thanks to God for the work that He's doing in the lives of individuals, transforming them and making them to be a part of His family. 
So let me give you the first uh, point that I want to give you. Paul gave thanks to God because of God's work of salvation in them. He gave thanks to God for the work of salvation that the Lord had done in the people there. And uh, if you'll look again at verses 2 and 3, it says, We give thanks to God always for all of you. And I'm glad it says that. Okay? (laughs) Because uh, I'm a part of His church. And you're a part of His church. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, we can, uh, you know, not be on our best behavior. Uh, We cannot be the most... uh, Uh, genteel and kind people and everybody wants us to be around and what does what does God's word say here it says he gives thanks for everyone that has been born again of the spirit of God he says I remember you before our God and father in verse 3 and then he names three things that he gives thanks for in them their work of faith their labor of love, and their steadfastness in hope. Now, that's a whole sermon all and of itself, okay? And so uh, I'm not going to do all your uh, homework for you. I'm going to let you take that home with you and work on that a little bit. But what I do want you to notice in listing those three things that he was giving thanks to God for their work of faith, seeing God's salvation in them, Notice it says they were all done in our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that was happening in the life of this church at this particular moment in time, Paul was recognizing, I see the work of God. I see the work of God in you and through you. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, I, you know, uh, the other day I had the assignment given to me to uh, do uh, the Wednesday night kids Bible study. <laughs> uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I mean, you know, it's out of my, it's out of my wheelhouse now, okay, you know. Uh, to, to talk to kids and try to relate on their level. And uh, I cannot do that. And you cannot do what God is calling you to do except in Christ, the one who gives you strength and works in you. Uh, it, it's also said in Philippians, uh, a, a couple of verses worth noting, that uh, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, knowing what? That it is God who is at work in you both uh, for His good, uh, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So it is God working in the saints in the church at Thessalonica that Paul was giving thanks for. Now, how do we translate that? Well, we, we, we give thanks for, to God for each other. Now, notice they weren't just giving thanks. 
they were giving thanks to God. Why? Because what was happening in them was a work of God. It wasn't just, hey, you know what? Our church is just full of a lot of good people. You know, if you, if you talk about the cream of the crop on the eastern shore, uh, it's the people that come to our church. You know, no, that's hypocrisy. As a matter of fact, we're like Paul, are we not? We are the chief of sinners. Uh, we, we, we see ourselves as being beautified by Christ, adorning and putting on the glory of Christ by faith. And we can't see Christ in ourselves most of the time. Uh, but as we walk in obedience to the Lord, as we walk filled with the Holy Spirit, what do others get to see? They get to see a face of grace presented uh, Christ to them through the life of a body of believers. And that's what Paul was giving thanks to God for because he was at work in the life of the church. And that's what we should do in regard to each other. And uh, I don't know if you've ever gotten a list of the church family and started just going down through it, but that's, that's what I do every week is, is pray uh, for the church body. And so I like to call your name in prayer. And uh, in that prayer, praying not only for God to use you, but to be thankful to God for your life. And what God has stamped on you, that is His image and His glory. And, and you let that shine for the glory of God. Number two, Paul gave thanks to God because they were chosen by the love of God. You and I have got to, got to see this. What was the motivating factor behind the Lord? What, was, what, was, what moves God? Is it the need that God has in Himself that He needs some people up in heaven? The answer is no. You know, God is sufficient in, uh, in and of Himself. Uh, who is it in need? It is us. It is we who are in need and God out of His love and because of His love. Notice what it says in verse 4 of 1 Thessalonians 1. For we know brothers loved by God that He has chosen you. Now, when it says brothers here, by the way, it means brothers and sisters. All right? Just want to clarify that. <laughs> okay, brethren. It's the way we used to say it in the old days. Uh, you know, brothers and sisters. And uh, they were loved by God. And, and you are loved by God. And, and know that because of that, God has chosen you. He, he states it differently, but similarly in uh, 2 Thessalonians. In chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. He said, we ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord. Because God chose you as the first fruits. It says here in the English Standard Version, uh, to be saved, it's, it's resulting in salvation is literally what the translation is. God chose you to be His first fruits, resulting in salvation, through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truths. 
There's a work by God where He sets us apart and you place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you are His. But I want you to understand you are His. Why? Because of the greatness of His love. Because God Himself is what? Love. And what is it? That shows us and demonstrates to us on such a simplistic way and yet such a dramatic way that God loves us. And the reason why, yeah, I heard somebody say it, the cross. (laughs) Uh, And the reason why I say that is because there there come hard times. Uh, I can remember talking with Miss Donna Roberts uh, uh, several months ago uh, as she was struggling with the cancer that she had. And uh, at that particular moment in time, she, she asked the question that I, I think is the, the it, re- it reveals our humanity. And the question is what? Why? 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 She had uh, MS. She had been suffering from multiple sclerosis and now cancer. And, and the question was, well, why did God uh, allow this or cause this to happen in my life and uh, the question on her heart was does he love me and and how do we know God loves us when times are tough when things are hard when when you don't know why you and I have to look at the cross and the cross screams at us with with blood sweating tears that says I am the God who is love And we wind up loving Him. Why? Because He first loved us. And He gave His Son as the atoning sacrifice for our sin. And you and I begin to wonder, does God really love me? Why would He allow me to go through this trial, this temptation? Lord, deliver me out of it. We have to look at the cross and know that God loves us that much. It was uh, Charles Spurgeon who said, When Christ calls us by His grace, uh, we ought not only to remember what we are, but we ought also to think of what He can make us. It is, follow me and I will make you. So we should repent of what we have been, but rejoice in what we may be. It is not follow me because of what you already are or are already. It is not follow me because you may make something of yourselves. But follow me because of what I will make of you. Amen. Oh, that's the love of God at work in the lives of God's people and calling us uh, to be his children so that Uh, We are His, and it's what He makes out of us. Now, I I know that today officially is uh, Stand Sunday, which it it came out of a movement of uh, asking people if you will stand and and volunteer to help to uh, adopt orphans and to help foster children. That's where the term comes from. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we're like the rest of you. We struggle for anything worthy to watch on television. And so the other day we were watching a show called Father Knows Best. A few of you will know that. Some of you won't have a clue what I'm talking about. 
But in Father's Knows Best, the, the youngest daughter's name is Kathy. And uh, in this particular episode, uh, a friend had said something to Kathy about, uh, have you ever thought maybe you were adopted? And so this happened at school. She comes home. She asks, Mom, uh, can I see my birth certificate? And guess what? They had lost her birth certificate. And so she goes into the depths of depression and she begins to think, these aren't my natural parents. I've been adopted. And she goes through the struggle of what that, that really might mean for her. And, and she's got another friend at school who is adopted. And she runs away from home and goes to this friend's house and begins to tell her and says, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm running away. And the adopted girl says to her, Why? She said, natural children are born to parents, and parents have to take what they get. Yeah. They have to love their children because they have to. She said, we who are orphans and are adopted, out of all the girls in the world, they could have picked any girl. And guess what? They picked you. And pointed at Kathy. Now she was naturally born to her mom and dad. Thinking she's adopted. And all of a sudden when she thinks about adoption. I mean she perks up. Mom and dad chose me. And this little girl said. They love you not because they have to. But because they want to. That's a sweet story isn't it? And it's a sweet picture. We'll talk a little bit about that tonight. But that's what I want to tell you. God chose you. When you see that term in the Bible and you say, well, I don't fully understand all of what that means. I don't know about you, but I think I know what it means to be picked. Okay? And I don't know. God did not pick me or you for what you are. He picked you in spite of what you are. We are sinners in uh, dire uh, straits because the judgment of sin uh, abides on us. And the wages of sin is death. And in the book of Revelation it tells us that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And I think we take so lightly today in our culture sin and, 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 and the consequences of what sin is. As a matter of fact, I think in our day we're struggling with even knowing what sin is. Uh, people don't mind sinning all the time through social media. And saying all kinds of hurtful and unkind and, and mean things about each other. And they won't say that sin. They'll say, oh, I'm just speaking the truth. Well, you're not speaking the truth. What you're doing is you're being mean. And meanness and nastiness has another word. Sin, okay? You know, we can't excuse our meanness and nastiness of our day. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a horrible time of people bullying one another and being mean to one another. Well, the grace of God tells us that God, in spite of the fact that we are that kind of people, says, I want you. I want you. And so Paul is giving thanks to God for the fact that these people were chosen. But not only that, notice the third thing. He gave thanks to God because they were called 
through the power of the gospel. Through the power of the gospel. Notice what verse 5 says. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Amen? You, you were saved not by a, an anemic uh, ideology. You know what an ideology is. It's a way of thinking. It's a thought process. It's a, it's a system of thought. And uh, systems of thoughts come and go as time comes and goes, right? I mean, we don't, we don't have the same type of, type of culture that uh, uh, maybe your ancestors had, depending on where your family origins come from. You know, I, I, I know that some of my family members used to apparently dance around uh, uh, the northern part of England with antlers on their heads around and dancing around rocks and stuff and calling on de demons uh, to come and speak to them. Wow, that's a nice thought, isn't it? Uh, you know, understand uh, God has a powerful gospel to change us. It is the gospel uh, that Paul talked about in chapter 1 of Romans in verse 16. Now, he was not ashamed of the gospel for it had what kind of power? It had, it had the power to transform. It had the power for or resulting in salvation to everyone who believes. That's good news. The gospel that you and I share, the the one that we're sometimes reluctant to give out when we're out in the community. Uh, the, the one that we're sometimes, you know, kind of hesitant to share when people are talking about uh, their views of God and their views of eternity. Don't let someone shame you into holding back the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is mighty to say. And the Word of God does not return empty. It always accomplishes what God sends it to do. It's in Romans chapter 10 verse 17 that reminds us that faith comes by hearing. The Word must be heard and hearing by the Word of Christ. That message has got to be proclaimed. When Paul and his fellow servants came into Thessalonica, uh, they shared the Word of God. They first of all entered this synagogue and began to share the Word in the synagogue there. Some received it and some rejected it. And then it spilled over outside into the community because there was a stir that was going on. And some of the devout Greeks, the Scripture says, became followers of Jesus Christ, gave their lives to Christ. And, and uh, many of the prominent women of that community became followers of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God to salvation. I know I said this to you a few weeks ago. You may not remember it. But uh, I, I just recently read again the statistics of by percentage of people who are coming to faith in Jesus Christ... The two fastest growing churches in the world right now are in Iran and Afghanistan. You and I would not think that. 
I'm talking about numbers of people versus the rest of the population who are coming to faith in Jesus Christ in the midst of persecution. And why is that happening? Because believers there are sharing the Word of God, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in the face of their impending death. They're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It's because everything that they've held in their hands are gone. But everything they've committed unto God, they know where it is. And they're not afraid. And you and I think about it. And we get ourselves in situations where we're in a conversation and all of a sudden we're afraid to share what? We're afraid to share the the nuclear bomb of God's grace, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, that you and I might be encouraged uh, to do that. And then lastly, uh, he gave thanks to God because of the encouragement that they were to other believers. You know, that's what God has called us to do. He writes about them in verse 7. He says, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Why? Because of what I just said. Because when Paul came into Thessalonica and began to share the gospel and people began to receive it, they took the leader of the synagogue, his name was Jason, and they arrested Jason and some of the other men because they had become followers of Jesus Christ. They dragged, uh, Acts chapter 17 and verse 6 says, and they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities. And they begin to shout, these men, I love this, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. I mean, it was such a stir when Paul brought the gospel uh, to Thessalonica. And the reality was they weren't turning the world upside down, were they? They were turning it right side up. Those who were coming to faith in Jesus Christ were becoming what God intends for us to be. And that is lovers of Him. Now quickly, they received this gospel message with joy, with the joy of the Word of God in the midst of much affliction. Verse 6 of chapter 1 says, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the Word in much affliction, and you did it with joy. I mean, it was a t- tumultuous time. And they said, listen, I, this, is too, this news is too good. I, I cannot say no to it. I must say yes. And they had such great joy, though it cost them something. I tell you what, following Jesus is going to cost you. Notice they also heard the Word of God as the Word of God. <laughs> okay? Now, you can hear the Word of God and say, I don't believe it. But what was unique and why he was giving thanks to God for, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, And we thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but what it really is, the word of God. The word of God. The word of God is eternal. The word of God is sure. It is steadfast. It is life-changing. It's transformative. It's cleansing. It gives wisdom. It is through the Word of God that we understand the power of God. We understand the nature of God. We understand the character of God. 
It is through the Word of God that we understand that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We understand the way of salvation through the Word of God as the Holy Spirit begins to apply it to the heart. God, Paul said, man, I gave thanks to God that you received it as the Word of God. And that's what you and I have to ask ourselves this morning. Do we receive the Word of God as the Word of God? Now, let's be honest. Sometimes we just read our Bible at devotion time and it just kind of goes in one ear and right out the other. I interrupted my wife's devotion time this morning accidentally. And this is what I said to her when I did it. I said, I'm sorry for interrupting your communion with God. Now what does that mean? That means our time alone with the Lord in His Word is time of fellowship with the Father. It is coming to appreciate fully what the grace of God is through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is coming to give thanks to the Holy Spirit because He's the one that gives us power for everyday living. And He's the one that helps us to understand what the Word of God says. And then lastly, as He was uh, giving thanks to God for the fact that uh, they were encouraging others. It says they were, the reason why they were encouraging others is because they were continually growing in their faith and in their love. In 2 Thessalonians uh, 1.3 it says, We ought always to give thanks to God for brothers, because this is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Isn't that sweet? I mean, that's just sweet. They loved one another. Their faith began to grow. They encouraged one another. Now, don't misunderstand. The church at Thessalonica, they received the Word of God. They were growing. But you know what? They weren't fully sanctified. Just like you. I don't think there's anybody in here fully sanctified, fully set apart. You don't struggle with sin? You still do, don't you? Okay? They did as well. So Paul writes to them in chapter 3 of 1 Thessalonians, and he says, I give thanks to God that Timothy has come to us from you, brought us good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and you long to see us just as we long to see you. So for this reason, brothers, in all our distresses and afflictions, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if, he puts that little if there, there's a little bit of doubt there. If you are standing fast in the Lord. Now, were the people at Thessalonica standing fast in the Lord? Some of the time. Maybe most of the time. But there were times that their faith kind of fluttered. It, it kind of had some feigning spells. You say, well, how do you know that? Well... Much of the theme of, um, actually the theme of the second book has to do with the second coming of the Lord. They had heard from Paul in the first letter that the Lord was coming back for his people. And so some of them had decided they'd do what? Do you remember? They'd quit their jobs. 
that's kind of happening now everywhere, isn't it? Seems like. Or they're firing you from a job. They quit their jobs and they just gathered together some food and they got up on their rooftops and you know what they started doing? They just started saying, Lord, come. And waiting on the Lord's come. Now the truth was the Lord's coming. But they were wrong in the way that they were living it out. You see, we can hear the truth and we can live it out wrongly. So Paul continues to write to this church. He says in verse 9, For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before God? And we pray most earnestly, night and day, that we may see your face, see you face to face, and supply what is lacking in your faith. We recognize. We all need to be encouraged. You see, this church was encouraging to other churches, but this church also needed to be encouraged you need to encourage one another we need to encourage one another we want to be encouragement to other fellow churches in our area and really around the world but the reality is we need to encourage one another because it's easy to hear the word of God and to misunderstand it have you responded in surrender to the call of God to your life? If you've not done so, then the Bible reminds us today is the day of salvation because you and I do not know what tomorrow holds, do we? Your life, the Scripture says, is like a vapor. It appears for a moment and then it is gone. As I, I visited my 97-year-old mother yesterday and I said, how are you doing? She says, I'm telling you what. Time is just flying by so fast. I'm thinking, boy, you're 97 and, you, and that's the way you view it? Yeah. That's the, you can't imagine that, can you? But guess what? The day will come when you'll go, oh, wow, it seems like it was just yesterday. You and I don't know that we have a tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. The call of Christ. The power of the gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the scripture says, and you will be Redeemed, converted, saved, born again of the Spirit of God. Have new life, an eternal home in heaven, an abundant life in Christ in your soul while you walk through the struggles of this world. Secondly, are you living for Him out of a life of grace that is from God? Not, not your goodness, not how well you can think through things, but Trusting in the Lord, living in His grace. That's what God calls His people to do. Thirdly, are you giving thanks to God for those fellow recipients of God's grace? Do, do you again look to the people around you and say, God, thank you that you brought them into my life. You know, I, I guess I felt this way uh, many, 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 many times before about my fellow believers but I can just tell you after 50 years of uh, walking with Christ I'm so thankful for you I'm thankful for your encouragement I don't know why you put up with me maybe it's because I put up with you is that right okay amen thank you I like that you know I hope I've been an encourager to you 
I, I can look at you and, and if I do, I could just about go through and name how you have encouraged me at some particular point in time. And I want to give thanks to God for you. And that's what God is calling us to do. When someone moves and goes away, when someone dies and goes to heaven, I, I, I do miss them. I long to see their face. That's what the church is supposed to do. And then lastly, is there any sin that's in your life that needs to be repented of or obedience that needs to be given to the Lord that will help you to be a spreader of this good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to have an invitation, and it's a public one that we give. Uh, it's something that you can do privately on your own heart, but at some point it'll have to become public because as a follower of Jesus Christ, we don't follow him in privacy. We follow him publicly. Jesus said to Peter, come follow me. Peter left his net, his job, his home, and he became a follower of Jesus Christ. And so it will be for everyone who becomes his child. And so we give a public invitation for you to come today. And it may be that as a child of God that you need to say, I, I just need to spend some time in prayer. Or maybe you're looking for a church home where people want to encourage one another. And we want to invite you to come. So let's bow together in prayer. And then in a moment we'll stand and we'll sing a song that reminds us that we, we so desperately need the Lord and we need to call upon Him. So Father, we, we, we've heard that with clarity and simplicity that we are to give thanks for you. To give thanks for your great salvation. To give thanks for the fact that you call us to be your own and you pick us. Lord, uh, it just boggles our minds that you would ever say, I want you. But it's because of your love that we become your children. And it's out of that great gospel that great good news that Christ died in our place, was buried and rose again three days later to offer the gift of eternal life to all who would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, help us to be a, a, a body of believers that encourages one another, encourages other believers in our area and other churches around and help us also to reach out with the gospel where you have planted us and Lord, even to other places through the means at, that are at our disposal so that others may too be followers of Jesus. God, we give you thanks for your people and your grace in them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you